lots of shakeups in the finance world over the, the past few years without even investing in or improving our homes. Their evaluations have shot up hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's great for building equity, people moving in from big cities with big paychecks, hired by big companies, have met the real estate demands in our region and low interest rates have made big mortgages more affordable and that it's driven up the prices and the values of our homes. And that's great if we're counting on equity, but <clears throat> that's bad if we're looking at taxes. But he's very quiet because we don't know where we're going yet. I don't know if you've ever been on the receiving end of unfair taxation or not. I have. It was a trip to Pakistan. I was so blessed to be there, not only with Bishop Alan Shalm and Georgina, but, uh, Georgine, but also with his brother Lyndon and Kathy Shalm. A wonderful crusade, powerful outpouring, tremendous word delivered, and lives were changed and futures were transformed and eternities impacted. And, and uh, it was at the end of that week that we were there, of that crusade, that we were getting ready to come back home and... I understand the role of taxes. I, I pay taxes. I'm grateful for the nation that we're living in. I, I haven't come just to kind of, you know, hammer down on Canada. I, I've paid duty many times willingly, gladly coming back into the, the, the country. I, I know that when we approach the border that um, what we purchased outside of Canada is due to be taxed so that it's fair for everybody in Canada. I understand that. So I just count the tax when I'm buying something and if it's worth it, I buy it. If it's not, I don't. Anyone say amen? Not worth lying on a duty import form? Just to get a little Christian about it for a moment. Not about uh, tearing off price tags and saying this has already been worn. Oh, we're getting, whoa. <laughs> Came to the wrong church this morning. It was the end of that week that um, one of Brother Shalom's hobbies is collecting carpets, not just mass-produced, tossing the trash when you clean your feet off the mats, carpets, one carpets that are hand-woven rugs, truly beautiful work of art. The efforts of an entire family for months to create a carpet that bears their name and their design are sold in the markets and sold in particular in the hotel that we were in, so I wanted to bring one home as a memory of our mission trip. I asked Brother Shalom, can you assist me and help me pick out a carpet? Don't let me get ripped off. I, I don't mind paying for something that's worth what I'm paying for. And, and so he helped me, and here I am. I'm standing on that carpet today. That's been more than a decade ago, and it, it's held up extremely well. It, it's not something I've hung on the wall. It's something that's been in the office area, and we've tramped over it and trudged over it and drug stuff across it and spilt coffee on it. And, it's just one of those carpets, but it's still, you know, because of the quality of the carpet, because of, of a, if I can stay upright up here without tripping on that carpet, um, the quality of that carpet lends itself to longevity, and, and the value of these carpets doesn't decrease over time, they increase over time, and there's actual, uh, you know, the, the, the families are known, and as the families phase out this, this kind of work, these carpets have become more valuable, and I'm, I'm not talking about thousands of dollars, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, I think this was maybe a little over a hundred dollars that I paid for, or a couple hundred dollars, but it greatly helps the families of the little communities that do this kind of work, and it helps the salesman and, 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 and today now we have it here. It's a memory of that trip. So 
in that shop on the lower level of our hotel, I purchased this carpet and carefully packed it and folded it into my luggage for the trip home. And in Pakistan, um, no doubt today, like they were a decade or so ago, they're somewhat chaotic. It, uh, you know, we were, <clears throat> I remember that we were getting ready to, to leave Pakistan and we, we all came through to get into the airport. The security is very tight. There's men there with machine guns and it's a little different. It's a little, uh, you know, kind of catches you off guard at first. You walk up and there's a, a row of men with machine guns and in order to get into the airport, you've got to be able to produce the ticket to prove that you're flying that day and and so one of the gentlemen that was with us on the mission trip he had uh, his ticket online he was assuming that he could just walk up to the desk with his passport and and he could just you know let them know that here I am uh, I'll get the boarding pass and be on my way but he was stuck outside of this wall of men and there was just a little bit of chaos and we got there early so we had time to sort things out but I still remember that it was a little chaotic it was Un, it was, it was a, not only was it a foreign airport, it was a foreign experience. It was, it was just the, the, the time and, 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 you know, just a little bewildered. And, and I don't know, I, I'm just the kind of guy, Pastor Woodward, his face doesn't change regardless of what's going on. He just kind of, you know, sets his face like a flint and carries on. Um, I don't have that ability. I get kind of like... I, I, you know, you ever see yourself in the mirror sometimes and say, is that what I really look like right now? And you kind of pull your, compose yourself, you pull yourself together. Sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll kind of have that phased out look like, well, I, I just don't, I don't have the ability to hide emotion very well. It's there. And I'm sure that, you know, with, with uh, Brother David being on the outside and just managing to get in in time and being able to finally let the guard figure out, I don't know if we got an electronic copy or someone had it on a laptop. I, I don't remember all exactly what happened. We were just a little bewildered. I'm sure that when I came through the doors, I was like, you know, so we're kind of looking to the shawms for direction. I'm watching Pastor because he's an old, 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 he's a pro. He's a pro at this, and he's just kind of, and I'm like, I've got this, you know, 49 and three-quarter pounds bag that I'm dragging along, and, and from the corner of the room, I, I just hear this, sir, sir, please come here, sir, and pastor carries on right to the ticket desk. And I'm like, I walk over to the table. He's got makeshift set up there. And he says, uh, you know, suit on. He's got a nice white shirt. He's prepared for this moment. He's prepared for the Western white guy <laughs> that looks totally confused. And... The bewildered look on my face no doubt got his attention. I was easy pickings. He was dressed sharp, and he spoke sharply. He said, sir, over here, sir. And so I complied and walked over. Pastor Wilbert continued to check in line. And I walked to the makeshift setup and placed my bag on top of the plastic table. And he began to question me about the context, contents. He said, any duty items? No. Any CBs? Any DBDs? No. 
The lax copyright laws in Pakistan allow for mass duplication of content. And so when I said no, he looked a little confused. Like every other person like me probably had boxes of media that they were carting out and I had none. Um, so he looked a little confused for a moment. I'd already asked Brother Shalom about the carpet, so he had explicitly told me there's no export duty required on this carpet. I said, okay. And, and so confidently I said, I only have a carpet. His eyes brightened. He said, oh, sir, this is a high-duty item. I contested. He insisted. Then he zeroed in. He said, how much you have? What? Maybe $25? I don't, I don't know. Further questions came. He said, how much do you need? Now I was really confused. Breakfast? Uh, I don't know. Five bucks. I need five dollars. He was a kind tax collector. <laughs> Some could have taken everything. He's very good about it. He didn't want to take all my money. He just wanted most of it. So we settled on the remainder, less breakfast, and he quickly moved from tax collector to my best friend. Excuse me? Excuse me? First class? This man, first class, he's got my bag. He's dragging me over. <laughs> this man, first class, he brings me to the expedited line. I pass pastor and the rest of the crew. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, very much. Thank you. Thank you. $20. This story is going to be worth more than $20. This story is going to be worth it. I was not getting on the first class seat on the plane. I was in the first class line, quickly moving through the five people ahead of me and in with my $5 to get breakfast and my high-duty item carpet. I know what it's like. I, I, I wasn't bothered. The $20 has been worth the price of the, for the story that's brought chuckles on many occasions. The Shalms got a great laugh out of it. I was just glad I didn't have $100 on me. So that story stuck with me for over a decade now, but I wonder if you could imagine with me the continual barrage of uninvited taxation in your own country and hold your tongue now about Canadian government past and present leadership. There is a reason that eight times in scripture the publican was grouped directly with the sinners. The decision to become a tax collector was also the determining factor for your companions. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Tax collectors. Rome would typically accept tenders to bid on the opportunity of collecting taxes. Tax was a constant reminder to Israel of the oppression of Rome. Tax was a breach of their sovereignty. Tax was only an aid to, to their oppressor. It was only something that tightened Rome's grips. Tax only lengthened Rome's reach. So you can imagine what it must have been like for Zacchaeus. He was the chief among the publicans, the tax collectors. And the Bible gives us this little statement, and he was rich. He'd done well at this. Tax collector, somewhere along the line, 
Zacchaeus had been gifted. His CPA course was a great investment. Not only did he get the job done for Rome, he got the job done well. And somewhere along the line, they noticed and they decided that they were going to extend his reach, his opportunity that there is no one else in Scripture that's called a chief tax collector, just Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, uh, he franchised tax collecting. He, he learned uh, how to cook the books. He, he learned about how to get the job done and, and done well. And, and not only did Rome get their money, but Zacchaeus got their money. He was very rich. He not only figured out his responsibility, Rome got paid. He did too. But that responsibility, no doubt, was a great weight to bear in society. Normal society didn't want him around, but like the prodigal son, companionship comes easy when it can be bought. And so, no doubt, he had people around. But Zacchaeus was somewhat of a misfit. He didn't completely and totally fit in. We don't know how low he went, but we know that somewhere along the line, he must have wanted out. It said that Jesus was passing through Jericho. And it says that he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press. He couldn't see him. He, he wanted to see him. He wanted to see him. But the Bible gives us this little indication. He just didn't want to see him and as a celebrity. He didn't want to see him just as an individual. He just didn't want to see him as someone on the platform or someone on the stage. He wanted to see Jesus, who he was. Because no doubt, the fame of this man extended far beyond his reach. Zach, Zacchaeus was, was infamous for his own reason. He, he had his own under, understanding of why people knew who he was. He was a tax collector. In their minds, he was a thief. In their minds, he was just an extortioner. In their minds, he was someone that was working for the enemy. In their minds, they knew who he was, and he understood who he was and why he was had this notoriety about him, why he was popular, but, but this Jesus, he, he had heard about him, that he was a healer and that he was a savior, that this Jesus was a deliverer. He wanted to see Jesus, but he wanted to see who he was. Can I, can I tell you that Jesus was more than just a name? There was something about him that was different. It, was about, it wasn't about what he was. He was a rabbi. It was about who he was. He was a savior. He was a deliverer. He was someone that came down amongst the, the people at every else rejected he he come on he he got amongst the harlots and he got amongst the prostitutes he he got amongst the sinners he got amongst those that were lepers the people that nobody else wanted to be around that's who Jesus was and and I'm grateful for the songs that we sang this morning about the blood because it tells us a little bit about who Jesus is it's the, the savior that died for our sins it, it tells us about who he is and and we sit in a room full of people and and maybe we're a little quiet this morning but, but I wonder if we could just remind ourselves for a moment about who Jesus is. Who he is. Come on, he's more than just a figurehead in a book. He's more than just somebody on the history plotline of humanity. Come on, he's more than that today. He is a savior. He's a deliverer. And more than that, we know who he is. Today we know him more than, than just for his titles, more than just for what he's done. We know him for who he is. Zacchaeus wanted to see who he was, but he couldn't because of the press. If you looked at the name Zacchaeus, his parents had good intention. When they named him, his name means to be transparent. His name means to be clean. 
physically and morally to be made clean, to be pure. And so there was this man who the rest of humanity looked at and, and they, 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 his name was a contradiction. Every time that they spoke his name, that, that meant that, that he was to be clean, to be transparent. Where's the transparent one today? I wonder whose door he's knocking on. I wonder whose money he's taken. I wonder whose hard-earned cash he's kind of pulling into his own coffer. I, I wonder what Zacchaeus is. I wonder what the transparent one and, and it was a mockery about who he was but somewhere on the inside Jesus saw more than what Zacchaeus had done he saw what Zacchaeus could be he saw more than just what Zacchaeus had, had taken from some people he saw what he could give to Zacchaeus he saw a man that on the inside the transparency was there he, he didn't have what he wished that he had he got it all he was very rich he had the home that everybody wanted he had the horse that everybody wanted but on the inside Zacchaeus was empty and the transparency it may not have been clear to the crowd but to Jesus it was very clear he saw who Zacchaeus was so Zacchaeus same came to see who Jesus was but Jesus came to see who Zacchaeus was there's a lot of reasons for many of us to be in service this morning some of us even for the right reasons but without a doubt, there are some here that you've been coerced. It's okay. Right motive. Someone, maybe you feel, felt a little prodded today. Today was a good day, maybe, just to watch online. Someone maybe felt a little pushed, or someone felt like, Dad just required me to be here today see Zacchaeus he wanted to see who Jesus was but he couldn't because of the press and the Bible gives us further intelligence it said that he was short the crowd had gathered around Jesus and I know I know I'm talking about a Sunday school story but I I, I kind of questioned God a little bit about whether or not to preach this but the Holy Ghost was very insistent and we'll get to where we're going in just a few moments I'm going to guess that as Zacchaeus climbed that tree, he had to leave some of his dignity behind. I'm guessing that the Bible tells us that it was a sycamore tree. It's one of the oldest living trees given to us from that part of the world. It, it can live up to six and seven hundred years. Uh, the, the, the pharaohs would plant them beside the tombs or the, the, the pyramids, and, and that tree with the longevity of it would speak to the longevity of their reign as they intended for it to be. The, the, the sycamore tree, it, it comes from mulberry fig. That's what the word means. It, it had significance. The wood was prized. It was sought after. It was used in many occasions. Like I mentioned, the, the pharaohs used them to build their coffins. That, that wood was important and the tree was important. And not only was it useful when it was finished or cut down, but it was useful when it was living. They had a wide reach. The branches would extend far beyond. And so when Zacchaeus was looking for the opportunity to see who Jesus was, he found the sycamore tree. The, 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 the branches hang fairly low and so he could climb it quickly and he could get out on that branch. And, and as Jesus began to pass by, he knew that he could find the right location. He, he 
could find the right place. He, he could get out and, and get in proximity to where Jesus was. And, and he didn't have to push through the crowd. He, he had to leave some of his dignity behind. He had to leave, leave some of his pride at the base of the tree trunk. He had to climb up and get out there. But, but can I just kind of help you imagine in your mind with me this morning what that must have been like for this man. Here was a crowd of people who really didn't want him around. There was a crowd of people that history tells us they were greatly disliked. There was a crowd of people who really wished that he wasn't there, but in spite of all of that and in spite of the laughter that people may have, have kind of given as they seen him clamor out on that branch, in spite of everything that he encountered, Zacchaeus knew that if he could just get close enough to Jesus, that he could see who he was. Some of us, you came today and, and you're a little bit like Zacchaeus. You, you, dis, you determined the proximity of the boundary before service. You said, okay, I'm going, I'm going to go, but I'm sitting in the back or I'm sitting in the middle. I'm going to go and as soon as he hits 11 o'clock, I'm out. You've already determined the timeline. You'd already determined... Um, the attention span, you've already determined. So many things have already been determined. You've already determined the proximity. And Zacchaeus, he determined that his proximity was going to be in that tree, but he desired to get close enough to see. Because somewhere underneath everything, there was a desire to know whether or not God wanted to interact with him. And this morning, you may have come and you've already laid all the ground rules out for proximity and for what... I'm not going to raise my hand. I'll sing the song if the words are on the screen. And I like it. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, we, we, we do that. We, we tend, humanity does that. We, we determine the proximity. But isn't it amazing that when Jesus got to where Zacchaeus was, he stopped. Zacchaeus, Jesus understands your ground rules. He, he understands the limitations that you've given to access. He understands even the challenges that life has presented you and you're where you are and you've set these ground rules out because of where, of what life has brought you this far. The challenges that you've had, the struggles that's been there, the the good times and the bad times. He knows exactly where you've been. And there along the pathway of life, as crowded as, as it gets sometimes, Jesus has stopped in this room today. We all have a sycamore tree. Every one of us. There are times when we're in the crowd and there's times when we're in the tree. But verse 5 tells us that when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him. He saw him with his challenges and his struggles. He saw him with his sin and his failures. He saw him with his bad decisions and his poor judgment. He saw him. He saw him with all of that. But Jesus stops with the crowd gathered around him and he speaks to him. He says, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. Make haste. There are times when 
we like to take it easy and go a little bit slow. But there are times when the Holy Ghost prompts and speaks and says, today is the day. Right now, this moment, no later, not tomorrow, not next week, not when we get things all together. And, and Zacchaeus, you got to understand, how many, how many have ever had someone just kind of decide that they're going to show up unannounced? Anybody from over north? Anybody from over home? Anybody that, you know, I, I noticed Fredericton is a little bit of a melting pot for the Miramichi. And uh, I, I've been with people. I've been with people when you've been over home. And you just drop in. No call. Unannounced. Uninvited. There are times when, <clears throat> when you've had people show up. Any, anyone ever done this? This, you know, Amazon is throwing me for a loop because they come to the door and they do the quick dunk, 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 and then they leave. And so in my mind, when someone comes to the door and we haven't got a call or a text and someone doesn't indicate that they're coming by or showing up, and in my mind, every time now, it's just Amazon. <laughs> and so you go to the door to get the parcel. And you open the door and somebody's standing there. And you got, you know, you got a mouthful of food or you weren't prepared, your hair's not combed or you haven't shaved yet. You know, it's just, you came uninvited. Didn't know you were coming. Didn't know you showed up. Didn't, didn't, didn't plan on you being here. I, I, and, and I just so you know, like, you're welcome. You're welcome to come. You're welcome. I just want you to know you're welcome to come. I may not answer the door. You're welcome. Just treat it like over home. And if there's five cars in the yard, two on the lawn, I may or may not be home. May or may not be home. Some people that, you know, there, there's, there's times. Anyone ever, has it just ever happened to me? Anyone ever showed up uninvited? That's just Kathy. We are in a vortex. We've had people, I won't go into stories, I won't go into stories, but we have, and, and I can't say that we get upset about it, but, but there's, there's reasons, there's reasons why we, we like to be the ones who extend the invitation, because we like to set the ground rules, we, we want the house to be tidied up, we want, we want maybe to have something in the, in the cupboard so we can serve, and, and we can be a good host, we want, we want to be prepared, we want to, we want to, we want to anticipate, you just kind of get a, Get your head wrapped around, you know, what, what's the ground, what, what's the reason for us getting together? And, and so sometimes people in life, they, they don't get invited, don't, don't feel bad. You're, it's not because someone doesn't like you, it's just because they're not prepared for you. They're, they're not, and I'm not saying that you're hard to prepare for. I'm just saying that sometimes we, we as people, we like to prepare. I, I, I don't know what I put my parents through because there was always kids being drugged home with us and maybe that was one of the conflicts early on in the beginning of our marriage because I just invited people to the house and I invited them but Kathy hadn't and that, that, could create, uh, that did create some conflict. That, that created conflict in our relationship because we like to set the ground rules for the invitation. But Jesus was standing here and Jesus didn't have time for Zacchaeus to get it all together. Jesus didn't have time for Zacchaeus to put everything in order. Zacchaeus, as a matter of fact, Zacchaeus, how many have ever said this? They 
would never want to come to my house. Sometimes it's because you don't get invited because they aren't prepared for you. Sometimes it's because they, they don't imagine that you would ever want to be with them. Sometimes that's the logic that people have. How many have ever said that? We, we, we've, we've been with people before and Kathy said we can never have them at our house. It's like, why would you say that? Maybe different dynamic, different sphere of influence, different, you know, there's just some people that we prefer to meet at Starbucks. We'll meet you, we'll meet you at the coffee shop. There, there's been times, there's been times when, when sometimes you think that person would never want to be at my house. That person would never want to spend time with me. And, and as I get older, the more I realize it doesn't matter what stratus of society that people live in. If there's an opportunity for a real, true connection, people want to connect. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter where you live. It really does matter who you are. Some of the greatest guests and the visits that we've had have been people that we thought maybe didn't want to connect, but really they did. They needed to connect. They needed a connection. And, and so Zacchaeus, I'm sure that if you had asked him, do you, do you think that Jesus would like to go to your house today? Do you think that Jesus would like to come by your place? He'd say, no, 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 no. He doesn't want, he can't be associated with this crowd. I, I know I've heard about him touching lepers and I've heard about him connecting with sinners, but, but this is, I'm in a different class. I'm in a, I'm in a different group. I, 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 I'm in a different I'm just in a different environment. He, he would never want to come to my place. And now, here he is. Now, here's the Savior. Here's the Deliverer. Here's the one that's able to set Zacchaeus free. Here's, here's the one. And he is inviting himself to Zacchaeus' house uninvited. He's coming. Zacchaeus, come on, hurry up. Get down. I, I, I'm coming to your house today. I, I, I've got a lot of work to do. We've got some things that we've got to work through. And there's lots of reasons why people don't invite people into their home. You know, if we had, if we had family feud going on this morning, we, we'd say, you know, what, 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 what reasons would people not want to come uh, to your house? Uh, I don't see the compatibility. We, we don't have a connection. I, I'm not sure that, that they would accept us. We don't feel like they would like us. We don't measure up. And, and there's all kinds of flip sides to the coin. But, but, but here Jesus is. We know that Jesus is a gentleman. We know that Jesus never infringes yet in the story of Zacchaeus. He knew that the stakes were so high. And he knew that the opportunity was so great. And he knew what Zacchaeus had, that transparent Zacchaeus. You see, God sees right through the veneer this morning. God sees right through who you are. God sees right through the shadow. God sees right through, come on, the, the outside exterior. God sees through all that. And he sees that somewhere on the inside, there is a deep desire to do right and to become a person of God and to become used by him and so God just came with a simple come on an invitation issued by himself he's uninvited but he's showing up in your space today God just wants you to know he has a desire to meet with you there's a reason why Jesus didn't want this connection to happen in the midst of the masses. I love the celebration of church. I love the power of testimony. And I rejoice in public displays of deliverance. And I love it when people weep in, in repentance. And people go down in a water grave of baptism. And they rise to walk in newness of life. I love it when God fills someone with his spirit. And this altar is just bouncing with people excited about what God is doing. I love the crowd. But there are times when God is going to invite himself into the most intimate part of your life. He wants to come home 
view. The danger in this decade is that church becomes yet another calendar event. And that we relegate our connection to God in these few moments that we have together. And the Spirit of the Lord has already challenged me to talk to us about this today. We've been invited to come into his house, come before his presence with singing. Enter into his gates. Come on. We have been invited into his house. But I wonder if somewhere along the line, we have neglected to invite him into ours. Somewhere along the line, he's been uninvited. And I hope Brother Shalom isn't watching and I'm, I don't know how to roll this up. There's one way to roll it up and one way not to. But too often we've rolled up the welcome mat of our home and the invitation hasn't been extended for him to come home with us. God will meet you there. 71 Downing Street will be there. We'll be faithful, but I wonder sometimes if God's saying, I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful to meet you there, but really, I need you to make haste because I want to come home with you today. That our light gets hit under the bushel at 71 Downing Street, but God is saying, mm -mm. I'm grateful for the altar. I'm grateful for what happens in the baptismal. I'm thankful for the time that's spent, preparation. I'm Thankful for all that, but there's some work that I need to do at home. There's, there's some things that, that we need to get in order. There's a reason that God showed up today and he said, uh, I know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stepping over a cultural barrier here and, and I'm breaking some protocol and etiquette would say, don't do that. But that Jesus is saying, I... I, I'm coming home with you today. You say, but, oh, no, I got I to gotta get some things ready before, before I get the welcome mat rolled out. I, I got so much work to do, and there's a dent over top of my garage door. I got to get that fixed, and the lawn needs to be mowed, and we got to dust. We haven't been home for 10, 12 days. And, man, we're not ready for guests right now. The guest room has two suitcases on it. It's a mess in there, and, there's just some stuff that I, gotta, I can't have you for lunch today, but, but I wonder if Jesus is saying, I know. <laughs> I already did the math. I, I know exactly where you are, but I need to come home with you today. And, and we've got our welcome mat, and we've got it rolled up. And we say, well, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared. But that's not what, see, Zacchaeus had that option in that moment. He had the choice to, to decide, how am I going to respond to someone that's just invited themselves. And some of you are thinking back to a moment where somebody did that to you. So do you know what? Today's not a good day. But how many times have you ever said, you know what? The lawn's not mowed. Kitchen's a mess. We'll throw an extra cup of water in the soup pot. And yeah, come on over. And it was great. 
It was a moment to remember. It was more about the connection and the opportunity. Can I just tell you that, that before we leave this room, God is saying that I want to connect with you. And, and more than that, I want to come home with you today. I, I want to come home. And it doesn't matter how much mess there is. I'll give you a hand. Clean up. You know, we were just with our daughter. She, she's got a beautiful home. And, and I wasn't in the door five minutes. And there was a drill in my hand. She's like, Dad, I just need this curtain rod here. Five minutes. Do you think that I was contesting? No. I love being Dad. Oh, get, get the curtains ready. Come on. Let's go. We're, we're going to get this place fixed up. Sorry, Matt. It's a beautiful home. It's perfect. It's beautiful. It was just, you know, curtains are better if you're living in the house or in that room. Someone say Amen. But how would it have been if she had said, ah, oh, sorry, hey, Dad, just, you guys wait out there because we're not ready for you yet. How much better is it to say, Dad, come on in. I need your help. There's a couple of things that we need to get fixed up. The, the first five minutes I had the drill and I was going at it, putting things, it's just something I, it's a natural instinct I've got. I want to fix some stuff up. Give me something to do. I don't want to just sit and have coffee. I'll work with coffee. Let's go. Not discouraged, not depressed, not disappointed, not mad. Glad to do something. Glad to do some work. Glad to get something accomplished. Glad to get some things in order. Glad, come on, the last five minutes before I left, she said, Dad, I just need this vacuum cleaner hung in this wall. Can you do that? I said, I don't know. Do you have any screws? So we rifled around. We got two screws, stripped heads, bent a little bit. But you'll never know that. There it is. Vacuums hanging on the wall. The first thing I did when I got there, the last thing I did before I left was just do a little bit to fix something up that was just a little out of order. Can I tell you that, that Jesus is just saying, would you roll out the welcome mat? I'm coming by your house today. Just, just let me show up. Don't worry about everything being in order. Don't let it worry about everything being perfect. And I'll tell you what will happen if you'll just let God in. God will begin to put some things back in order. God will begin to put some things that are wrong and he'll make them right. God will begin to wash and God will begin to cleanse and God will begin to put it all back in place if you'll just let him come even uninvited let him show up I tell you what Capital Community Church guests with us this morning it's time that we all got a welcome mat rolled out in our homes so God could do the work that he needs to do there's some things that need to be put back in order and we're doing our level best to do it all by ourselves. And God's saying, you can't. you got to let me do that. That's a job for me to do. We can come back to the music this morning. Guys, would you put that back back up there for me? Sorry, those two guys. Clay, thanks. Just roll. I don't, don't usually command people around. But he goes, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm used to what he says. He's in the military. <laughs> Our homes need him. And so he's invited himself. He, he saw the need. You see all the cover that you had. All, all the barrier that you built. He saw the Zacchaeus. He saw, he saw the transparent part of you. And he saw right through 
to the deepest need that you had in your life. And he said, you know what? I have got to go home with them. You may have showed up without him. You may be Zacchaeus. You, couldn't, you felt like you couldn't get to him this morning. Everybody else was so entrenched in the worship and everybody else was so involved in the praise. And you're like, I just can't get there. I, I can't get there. I, I wish I could. I'll, I'm just going to get out here on this branch and observe. I'm just going to get out here on this. And I'm not just talking to guests today. I'm talking about people that have been around a while. Because life has this way of dividing us from God's divine plan. Before long, we're on the outside looking in. And before long, we're on the perimeter. And before long, we're so small on the inside that we can't get to where God is calling us to go. So we do the next best thing. We just, all right, I'm going to watch. I'm going to observe. And Jesus is saying, "I, I don't just want you to observe today. And he's paused in the middle of the message and he stopped he just looked right to where you are and he says I'm coming home with you today you didn't come with me but I'm coming home with you I wonder if you'd stand together with me we know that we need him today it's amazing what happens when we let Jesus in We don't, have, we don't have a picture of what happened when Jesus stepped over the threshold of Zacchaeus' house. We, we don't have an understanding of what he possessed. And we don't, we don't know about all the things that he had with him. We, we don't know. But we do know that whatever he did have by the time that Jesus showed up, things began to change. Verse 8 says, Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, if the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken any thing from any man by false accusation I restore him fourfold the law only required a 20% increase but here he is saying I'm going to multiply by four times I'm going to fourfold I'm going to return if I know it and you can just imagine that that when Zacchaeus began this this work of restoration and this work because Jesus showed up and Jesus began to do that work in Zacchaeus because he came home with him that that things began to change and and people that before I imagine the first couple doors he knocked on, it was just like that Amazon guy. Nobody answered the door. Maybe they looked out the window and there he was. So finally somebody answers the door and he's got a bag full of money, puts it back in their hand. He says, there, I just bring him back what I took from you wrongly. Before long, the word would get out, hey, 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 when Zacchaeus shows up, he's not coming to get something from me. He's coming to give back. Why? Because Jesus came and, and what was missing in Zacchaeus' life was filled by what God came with when he went home with him. I don't know what you came with. And, and, and he, I wrote this in my notes uh, just before I came into service this morning. I wrote this in my notes. Our world has enough collectors. And the collection will never fill the void. Our kids don't need another collection. Our kids need a connection to the God that we serve. Our kids need a connection to the God that came to restore and to save. And our kids need need us to connect with God because it's going to transform the environment of our homes. This day, salvation is coming 
to your house. Zacchaeus, it's all going to change. I know I'm uninvited, but I'm coming anyway. I'm coming to transform. I'm coming to, to make a difference. And, and if you read down through scripture, he says that, that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's where we get that verse. It's from the story with Zacchaeus. That he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So in other words, the very thing that causes us to roll up the welcome mat, the very thing that's in our life that we say we can't have God home yet because we got to get this in order. Oh, you don't know the bickering and the fighting that's been going on in our home and, and husband against wife and dad against daughter and, and, and mom against son and, and, and just this division in our home and, and we got to get some things sorted out and, and we got the the welcome mat all rolled up and we got over our shoulders and said, no, 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 not yet. We don't, we don't want that yet. But, but Jesus saying, you know what? Just, just, just let me in. Make haste. I'm coming home with you today. And, and there's some things that are going to change. And when we let God in, it begins to transform. And Zacchaeus, he changes because he lets God in our home. I'm grateful for God inviting us to his house. But I'm wondering if someone would just kind of turn it around this morning and say, God, I'm bringing you home with me this morning. I'm letting you in. I, 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 I know my house needs you. My family needs you. My future needs you. I need you. I, I need transformation. I need help. I need an intervention this morning. Our homes. Someone say it. Need him. need him our children need him our relationships in our community need him our neighbors need him our city needs him we don't need God locked up in the four walls of this building. We don't need this bushel of 71 Downing Street containing all of our experience with God. I'll tell you what we need. We need homes where God shows up and things begin to change and our community is impacted and our world is adjusted. Why? Because we have let God in. Our welcome mat has become the walkway for him to show up and do something. I wish someone would just say, God, we need you in our home this morning. Morning. We need you in our home this morning. I, I, I don't want to take a lot of time. We're going to sing in two minutes. But I'm wondering, husbands with wives, if you would make haste and come to this altar this morning from the front to the back. I'm wondering if you're single and you don't have someone with you this morning. That's fine. We're making room for you too. It's every person. I'm wondering if someone will say, I'm coming to the front because I'm determined that this morning I am going to take him home with me and God's going to transform and God's going to change and God's going to direct. I believe that God could do a work here in this moment, this morning. You see, you see, Zacchaeus came in hurt and Zacchaeus came in empty, but the Bible said with joy, he with joy received that word from Jesus and he went and he brought him to his house. He celebrated the opportunity. I, I'm just wondering if someone would celebrate the opportunity to meet with Jesus this morning.
Come on, this isn't just for a select few. I, I'm wondering if we can fill this altar, if we can fill these aisles with people that are saying, you know what, I'm, I'm determining. I've already made my mind up. I, I, I'm just deciding right here and right now. It's going to be different. It's going to be different in our home. It's going to be different. Our future is going to change. Our, come on, our family's going to change. It's just some, some things are going to get adjusted. God's going to do a work here this morning. I, I believe that the threshold of your home is going to become a spiritual opportunity. I believe that the threshold of your house is going to become a place where God does the miraculous and the impossible and what you thought couldn't happen. Come on, it's been a lifetime of what it's been like, but now God's, God's changing some things. I wonder if you just find someone a neighbor to join with them pray together I, I come on I just like us to take a little time maybe you just want to step into the aisle but I wish someone that's your indicator God show up with me God come home with me this morning we're gonna pray together but I wonder if you would for a moment pray with your neighbor Jesus I thank you for the moments of transformation that have happened in this room God, I thank you for the powerful move of your presence that's already been here this morning. I thank you for the help that's been, God, here as we've sung and as we've preached. You've been here, God. It's been the moment with the crowd where we've, God, we've observed what you're doing. But today, God, we are, we're taking the next step. We're inviting you, God. We're, we're inviting you. I, I know the invitation hasn't been there, but we're asking you, God, would you come home with me? God, if that word was for me, then show up on my doorstep. God, if that word was for me, then come amongst my family. God, if that word was for me, then we need transformation in our lives. We need, God, you to do something. Thank you for what you're doing here. But God, I need you to do it there this morning. Are there any Joshua's in the room this morning that would declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, that declaration is going to happen on the battlefield. That declaration is going to happen among the crowd. But somebody's taking Jesus home with this with them this morning. Someone's got their mind made up. Our house is going to be different. Our future is going to be different. I'm fed up with how the enemy's been involved. I'm fed up with how the devil's been fighting. I'm fed up with the way it's been God would you change our home today that's it I hear a little cry I wonder if you would just come on join together with somebody husbands with wives all the way back through the auditorium come on if you haven't got anybody to pray with I wish you'd find somebody just join with someone for a moment God we need your help this morning God we need you to move we need you to minister God our families need you our homes need you God our marriages need you our children need you come on there's just a little rumble of prayer that's happening right now I'm just calling that out for the next few moments Come on, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, it's going to be different than it's been. As for me and my house, come on, moms, you have the right to say it. You've got the right to pray it. Come on, dad, you've got the responsibility. Stand in it, step into it.
Come on, our homes are going to be a place of prayer. It changes things when Jesus shows up. Your house becomes his house. Come on, it's not just a responsibility. It's your right. It's your right to receive. It's your right. Come on, it's your right to be on the receiving end. 